Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris. Thanks for joining me another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have two very special guests with me, all on the BDC side of the business, which I'm super excited about doing some content about. I have both Sean and Josh with me today. Hey, guys, for everybody out there watching and listening and don't know who you are, let's go ahead and get started with the origin story that is Josh and Sean. Josh, I'll start with you. <laughs> what is the that origin, origin story? Yep, what is it? <laughs> Oh, so I started out in automotive in 2011. Um, I spent seven years prior to that in the mortgage business. So going through some of the financial problems that we're going through right now, I can, I'm like getting, you know, anxiety from all of that because seeing what happened in that meltdown, um, but left the, um, the mortgage industry in 2011 and got started in the automotive space, sold cars for a few months, got, uh, baptized by fire in the BDC, um, became a, a, just a normal BDC rep and then moved up the ranks to manager to director. Um, I was with Dan Cummins Chevrolet from 11 to 2017, um, and helped that group go from 150 units to right when I left to about 890, um, in a small town of 10,000 people. Uh, so we grew that BDC from two people to 25 when I left and uh, just had a great time growing myself uh, during that whole process. Left there, went to California for about four months and realized that they do things a little differently there and came back to Kentucky. And now I'm in North Carolina where I'm the BDC director for Hubert Vester Auto Group. We have five rooftops. So it's been a fun time. Very cool. And how, how big is the team for you? Uh, the BDC right now, we have, let's see, how many do I have right now? Nine. I have nine in here right now. And is that uh, normal staff range for you or is that kind of modified because of what, everything that's going on? Well, we've modified it with everything going on. I've got three on right now um, and then three off, well, four off. And then I've got a manager that's in here with me. Um, so we have a couple people that are on or a few people that are on furlough and then they will be back in the next two weeks. And so then the other group will go on furlough. So we've kind of modified that as we go along, just kind of, you know, you know, it's uncharted territory. So we're trying to get through it as best as possible. So in a typical height, you guys are flowing right around a 15 person team. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. All right, Sean, you're up. The origin yeah. story is Sean. <laughs> real quick, yeah, real quick, uh, got into the automotive space by accident, like most people in 2003. I uh, was washing cars while I came out of university, so uh, I graduated marketing, so I wanted to try and get into that space, and I had a couple of bills to pay, so a uh, little brother got me uh, a job washing cars, and then uh, never looked back, I never left, so came up through the service drive, I've done absolutely everything over on the service side, uh, some things more successfully than others, but uh, it was really cool, I, I, I found my footing. Um, a little bit of everything, a washer, jockey, service advisor, uh, service manager, uh, CSI, uh, BDC stuff. Tried, uh, tried my hand at uh, some sales. I did pretty good. I sold used cars, but uh, it's just the, uh, the hours were a bit uh, rock and roll for me. So nine to nines, I just wasn't about that. 
so I went back over in the service side and then uh, I dipped my toes into this thing that we call the BDC and uh, never looked back. So I've uh, been doing it for a while, set, set up a few BDCs for uh, Canada's largest group. So we had the Delari group over here. Currently right now I'm with the uh, Mercedes-Benz Silver Star. So it's the largest uh, Mercedes-Benz dealership in Canada. So it's going well. And uh, yeah, particular times right now. We've been shut down actually since uh, <laughs> the 23rd of March, 24th of March, something like that. So it's complete shutdown here. So, so that that's where your current norm is right now, is that is, as far as uh, where you are, the government is just total shutdown then, correct? Complete shutdown. They don't uh, see us as an essential service. So, And, and Josh, what, what about yourself? So we have we have a governor that is up for re-election, and so um, life is good. Um, we have a really really uh, involved um, association uh, for North Carolina, and so they really push for us to be essential. And so they've they've pushed it. So it's it's kind of business as usual, um, as usual as you can be in this type of situation. Um, but we're doing a lot of deliveries and, and pickups for people in service and in sales. So it's just kind of, um, you know, if you ever wanted to know how, how you could be forced to selling cars from the BDC, this is how you do it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Actually, that's a great point. And that's a good place for us to kind of get started, right? Is if, if you've run a business before, uh, a dealership before, and you have not had a BDC, um, honestly, you're going to be five, six, seven, eight steps behind right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think any dealership out there right now that has been operating for, you know, the last few years or plus, you know, with a BDC, they seem to be way more prepped for what's going on right now. And I'd kind of let, love to hear both of you guys' kind of thoughts and opinions on, on just why the BDC is just so much more prepped for the current situation. And Josh, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me, it's the way that we've trained for, golly, I've been for 2011 since I've been in this whole thing. It's the way that we've trained our people to really be able to do the entire process. Um, you know, I've had very successful BDCs where they could take it from, from, you know, the, the, the original lead to building that relationship to getting that customer to go along down that pathway. Um, and so it's been, you know, it's, it's all about the training and that what, what I've done, you know, obviously training happens every single day in my department, but it's been, it's, this is where this all comes about. Like now shit has literally hit the fan and we are the we're the ones that need to can can pivot really quickly mm. into doing online sales versus where sales it's a little bit like they're going to try to sell the car they're going to do all kinds of different things a little differently they're going to want to you know it's hard to pivot and say hey i can't you can't tell them like what time can you come in today it's going to be a little bit different conversation and so i think we're just we train on the phones every single day, every single week, every single month. And so when it comes down to being able to pivot, we're, we're the most, we have the most ability to, to pivot. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. You know, uh, for, for years, BDCs have been training on how to connect with customers, um, not face-to-face, -face, you know, over the phone, 
uh, via text and an email, you know, or in some some BDCs even with video, right? Mm -hmm. So so we, we already kind of have those skill sets and we're ready to go. Um, Sean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. What, why do you think a BDC is more prepped for this current norm or new norm? Yeah. Well, um, kind of like what Josh was saying, um, we've been doing this for forever, really, right? So um, it's a lot of phone work. It's a lot less face-to-face, -face, um, even since the, uh, the craze of digital marketing a couple of years ago. So we've been prepping for this. Um, I think one of the advantages that we do have, not to knock on sales or anything, but one of the advantages we do have is the, uh, being adaptable, you know, being able to turn around really quickly, uh, whether it's service, whether it's sales, whether it's, hey, you know, script this, script that, don't say this, don't say that. Um, just being able to, to turn on a dime and readjust and be adaptable. Um, I always felt that the BBC also was kind of like, not kind of, but like the hub of the organization, really. Um, obviously not the most important business unit because it's a team effort in a dealership, but I, I think definitely well, the most it was a team effort. <laughs> no, no, seriously though, right? Like let's yeah. let's let's face this. I mean, it, can we safe to say that the showroom's dead right now? I Absolutely. Mean, I, I, I don't think it has been. I think it has been dead since the, the if I if I may say so. I think it has been dead since um, you know we we brought the dealership to people's homes. The, the, the digital marketing just absolutely changed everything. It changed everything. Mm -hmm. So we just went along with it, but I'm, I'm in my comfort zone right now. So um, we just that's actually a good it. point. I mean, Josh, would you agree that you're, you're, you're kind of in your comfort zone right now, that this is, oh, this yeah. is your happy place? <laughs> oh yeah. This is definitely my comfort zone because uh, this is, this is where I thrive. And so I don't have any issues or any freakouts because okay leads are down a little bit or whatever the case may be but i have quality versus the quantity now so anybody right. yeah. putting in an inquiry for a vehicle sure as hell probably wants to buy a vehicle there's not you don't have a lot of looky-loos the looky-loos are out there but they're not clicking on is that a, a technical term by the way Looky loose? Yeah, it is in Kentucky. <laughs> well, the, the, Looky the, loose. The two a.m. Uh, the two a.m. leads that are coming in right now. You know, no people have nothing to do, so click, 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 click. Right? Yeah. And so you're having a better, you're having a a more quality lead versus the quantity. And so, but now is the most important thing is to follow a process to make sure that you're not screwing that piece up. And I think that's right. where we shine is that we're going to be diving in there very deep um, and following a process that really can get the customer to connect with us and have a, a quality connection with us. Yeah. And to your point, Josh, that's, that's, that's perfect. A quality connection. We, we do have to dig deep right now, right? Like, I mean, this is, this is not a, a volume game where it's like we had, tens of thousands leads coming in. So it's like, as long as we responded to them in this amount of time with this type of verbiage, all right, our probability of them coming back to us, like it, it seems like we can't play the numbers game anymore. We, we, we like to do, you're saying you, we, we have to go deep, mm -hmm. you know, with the customer in our communication efforts. Uh, we have to over communicate the processes in a way that even us as the BDC who's 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 accustomed to doing that, it, it, it's totally new for us. So that's that's kind of I think going into our our next the next question I have for you guys is is what that new norm looks like. 
for a BDC department? And Sean, I'll go ahead and start with you on this oh, one. What a great question. Um, I've actually been thinking about that one a lot. I had a lot of uh, thinking time to do uh, at home. <laughs> um, the new norm. Um, well, first things first, I think now more than ever, um, there's an entire shift, okay? What's going on right now, there's an entire shift. And I think it's the nudge that was required. So some dealerships are a lot more advanced than others. Um, but I think what happened right now with this shift is it just completely leveled the playing field. So some of the dealerships that are already in place and already have processes um, in place and certain systems, they're going to do okay. I mean, everybody's going to get hit by this. It's just a matter of how hard are you going to get hit. Um, there's other dealerships. Uh, that are not as advanced as other ones. And I think right now um, the processes are going to be put to the test. You know, absolutely. every It's a level playing field right now. And I think that's what's kind of cool. So I'm not really looking at this in a negative, in a negative sense. I'm actually being extremely optimistic right now. And now is the time uh, where the BDC, it's time for the BDC to shine once and for all. I mean, we've been at, we kind of like the player that's like, put me in coach, put me in coach. Um, I think now more than ever, uh, people like Josh, people like myself, and all the other BDC managers, it's time to step up. It's time to show them what we can do, and it's time to get our, you know, get, get our hands, uh, get our hands dirty. Because no matter what you think, this is a stress test. That's the only way I'm looking at this. It's a stress test right now. And you know, uh, w what's interesting enough when we talk about the norm is right now, more importantly than ever, um, I think leaders will be made and other leaders will come out in the wash. Um, so Good point. when we do eventually get back to it, we're going to know what kind of leadership that we had. You know, how did they treat this? What's their plan of attack and where we're we going? Um, I think it's also important that we're in a situation right now where the dealerships that have less of a process or less of systems is the ideal time to identify areas of improvement. You know, put measurables in place, what's working and what's not working based currently right now on what's going on um the need to be adaptable and turn i i think it's not just the bdc that should be able to just be able to turn um, turn on on a dime but i think the entire dealership and i think now more than ever data is going to be the most important thing um when we were talking about deep diving with the customers it's about what is being said on the phone and it's up to the bdc manager the bdc team however it's structured to get that information over to the marketing department and to the GMs and to the owners so we can come up with this process. And uh, that's it, just focus on the consumer. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, th I think, you know, the new norm, I think it's what's crazy is that we've talked about digital retailing for how long? What? Years. A long time. <laughs> long time. <laughs> just like we've talked about video since like 2009. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so this has forced a lot of people's hands to, like, when all this started coming about, you saw a lot of dealers go, well, I need digital retailing now. But you don't even have a freaking process in place to handle it because yeah. now all of a sudden you want it because you feel that's the only way you're going to be able to sell cars. But, you know, the new norm is that, you know, as a BDC manager and department, you have to hunker down and just really, like you said, shine. But you have to be put to the test of of saying, hey, I know how to desk yeah. a deal as a BDC director or manager. I know how to really put things in the place. So let me handle it in, in house. Like I, I'm a centralized BDC. I'm not even close to a dealership. It's like five miles. 
which is not that far, but still I'm not sitting at the dealership. And so waiting for a manager to desk a deal is, is ludicrous to me at this point. Like, let me handle it and let me, let me go and do what needs to be done and put together deals. Um, because time is that essence. It's still the speed in which you do business is still important. It's not like we're sitting back and customers are sitting at home, just eating bonbons and drinking diet Coke. Like they're, they're still, if they want to buy a car and it's on their mind to buy a car, the first person who really puts that, that emphasis on it and is able to really do it is the guy who's going to win the deal. It has, does nothing to do with the price. So throw the freaking price out the window. It's convenience yeah. at this point. Like we've always been a price, 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 especially in the States. Like it's all about price in, in the U S but now it's not that. It's about the convenience and, and being able to connect with that customer in a fast manner that that's the new norm. Like the speed in which we operate, that's how it's going to, when we come out of this, that's how we're going to separate ourselves from the rest who really are, are sitting back going, well, when is this going to end? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think added value has a lot to do with it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yep. well, okay. Um, let's, let's actually go with that for a second, you know, cause I, I think as a BDC, we, we do an amazing job of crafting out what I call value deposits. And, you know, uh, for us, it's, it's all about how we process those value deposits. You know, it's like, when do we say this? How do we input this? And, and so on. Um, the value deposits have changed, though. Like, you know, before, you know, we could leave with the value deposit and it could be an additional discount or offer. It could be, uh, you know, the four or five reasons why they should purchase from our dealership versus the Mercedes dealership on the other side of town or the Ford dealership on the other side of town. Right. But that's not that that's not what the customer is looking for anymore. The communication or those value deposits that they're looking for, that that bit of information has changed. I'm curious to kind of hear from both you guys like you know what information are you leading with now that's different than what you used to be leading with and josh i'm gonna go ahead and start with you on that one yeah i think you know it's very difficult when this first all came out because it was very much we were still the hard nose winking you come in type of scenario mm -hmm. and that's had the we've had to really shift that to being more of an information-based system and which is how I've always operated, but I've always had sales managers and GMs in my ear saying you give out too much information, which is, is ludicrous. <laughs> Most information wins guys. But so you've had to, you've had to learn how to shift some people who are more of that hard nose when can you get them into being more informational to the consumer to kind of go with their terms. Because what you find is that consumers, once you've developed that relationship and you're giving that information over there to them, the guards go down and then you can find out what the real need and want is and how you can best fit that need and want. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is that developing that relationship and communicating and having a connection. It's the big thing that we're talking about, a connection with the consumer is, is what is going to separate you. Because if you, if you think that you're going to get through this without giving out any information, you've lost your freaking mind. Like it's not going to happen. And so what I've trained my people to do is just provide a service, give the customer information, set their mind at ease 
And when we find that we we can fit that into what we're trying to get accomplished, let's let's get it accomplished for the customer. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Sean? Totally, uh, totally agree with Josh. Um, we seem to be cut from the same cloth. I mean, I'm it's daily training with my team, hundred percent. We listen to calls. I actively listen to calls. Um, sometimes we review them. Uh, you did mention a very um, interesting word before. We said uh, value. Um, what I tend to do um, within my BDC is I just kind of replace the word value, uh, value deposit with the word emotional deposit. Um, it's an emotional experience. It's an emotional experience. And ever since the, the, the craze of an experience, everybody wants to offer an experience now. So it is an experience and it's an emotional one. It's, it's uh, in my case, $120,000 emotional one, right? So um, I think the most important thing, exactly like what Josh said, you have to build that connection and that connection comes through empathy and empathy comes um, in my eyes through properly qualifying. Um, the BDC in my standpoint has always been since day one. Um, I started this way before CRMs even existed. Um, it was kind of just like you scrubbed your DMS and you put everything into an Excel spreadsheet. So, but one thing that has never changed is that uh, the BDC from its offset has always been long-term consistent professional communication, right? It, it's not just, I'll get the person on the phone and I'm going to close them right away. I'm not in sales. I'm there to sell the idea. And um, I think one of the most important things is transparency. You know, like we were talking before. Yeah, let's go the there. Transparency, yeah. right? Yeah, let's um, do that. I, I got issues with the word because it's okay. incredibly overused in mm -hmm. our industry. Like mm -hmm. stupid overly used. It's like the word mm -hmm. conversion. Like what the <laughs> hell does it actually mean? <laughs> no, but I, I think there's trans, the word transparency can be used in a marketing campaign and unfortunately it gets used quite often in a marketing campaign. Yeah. Um, but then I think there's real transparency. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Josh, you said something earlier about how we need to um, make the customer feel comfortable or put them at ease about mm -hmm. the, the decision to either purchase or service a vehicle if they have to right now. Yeah, and, and we can do that. Uh, to your point, Sean, uh, we do that through empathy, right? That, that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, but then, uh, then I also think we have an opportunity to do that through real transparency, not just the fake marketing version of transparency. So yeah. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on what real transparency is. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you on this one. Well, trans I've always laughed at the word transparency because if you ask any dealer out there, they're going to say, "Are you, if you ask them they're transparent, they're going to say yes. And then, and then, okay, so what's, what's an interest rate for a 722 credit score? Well, I don't know. Well, how much is my car worth? I don't know. We buy yeah. fucking cars online that we've yeah. never seen before to put on our lot to sell yeah. every day, every single day. Yet when somebody calls about it, we have no clue. And so I think if the customer has a question, yeah. if, if they have something they feel is important to them, answer the question. That's simple. That's transparency. Like throw it out there. Like we're going to give you everything you need to make an educated decision, regardless if it's with us or not with us. And so here's our best numbers. Here's what we can do. Here's what the interest rate is. Here's what the payment is. Here's what your car's worth. And just be upfront. Because I've heard managers all across the country say, well, if I give them the number, they're going to shop me. Well, no shit, Sherlock. 
Like, are you serious? You don't, don't give them the number. They're not going to buy from you. <laughs> they're never going to shop you. You're done. So which one do you want? Do you want a chance to, to play in the dance? Or do you want the inability to even be part of the dance? Which one do you want? So in my opinion, you have to just, if the customer, if it's important to them, give it to them. It's that simple. Like there's none of this BS anymore of, well, if I can, should I maybe possibly, I'll give you this. There's no more of that. Like it's, it's asinine that we can think that we can treat customers like that. It's why our industries hate it so much sometimes. It's because like we, we do this little dance, yeah. like stop, like just give it to them. If they ask the question, give it to them. Josh, anything you want to add to that, bud? Yeah. And you know what? Josh nailed it. Um, when, what I was referring to when I said transparency was exactly that. Like whenever I get asked basically, cause I do a lot of phone work uh, with my, with my team too. I'm not just like, uh, you know, barking orders from the top of the hill. So I get on the phone every day, all the time. And um, I love the answer to what is your best price? Well, it's the one that's listed. You know, I'm, I'm not going to demean the, the price is the one that you saw online. So what I meant by transparency, exactly like Josh said, just answer their question. Uh, there's different people that require different things, different questions. So this is why I'm not against scripting um, at all. I think that there should be a framework, but I, I, I just tend to give my guys a little bit more leverage. Some of, some of them are girls too, by the way. Um, but I just tend to give my team a little bit more leverage with regards to where they want to go with the conversation. Obviously, I hold them accountable. It's very important. Um, but, you know, I, there's just something that comes to mind. You know, the same water um, that softens the potato hardens the egg. So everybody has a different point of view. Everybody has different questions. So like Josh said, just answer the damn question. How much is the car? Well, it's the one that you saw online. So... I think more it's about more qualifying. What do you need the car? What, do you, what are you going to do with the vehicle? What is this? What is that? Maybe why buy from me? What, why should I buy from you and not another dealership? That's what uh, more or less in the direction that I go with transparency, not the old adage of, yeah, well, just get them in. Get them in. Well, and, and I think that's always been fundamentally our issue in our industry is yeah. that there's been this constant fight of who the hell is actually steering this process, mm, right? Exactly, yep. You know, and, and, and I hate to say it, even with the dealerships that have a BDC in place, they, you know, there's only so much steering yeah. we're going to let the customer have. And and I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, and I'll, I'll share my opinion real quick. But um, I, I, I think that we literally have to give it all up. Like, I don't think the dealership can steer the process anymore. I think literally the customer has to steer the process 100% so they feel that level of comfort. And we mm -hmm. are there to just simply support the direction that they're willing to steer. Josh, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think that the customers aren't really the ones that need to be steering the ship. I think um, the old... Um, you know, hiding information, the old adage of leg and all those things that we put back in finance and not being fully like uh, the consumer, not being fully understanding of what actually is happening. Uh, they're signing, um, which is a whole nother podcast that we could probably do on the legalities of stuff Easily. that we've done. <laughs> but I think if we're going to win, like if, if, if we give them what they want, we're going to get what we want. It's that simple. It like if we true. give them what they want, 
we'll What's get that? what what we want you know uh, the the amazing zig ziglar said that like if you give enough people what they want you're going to get what you want so my thing is just love on your customers and give them what they what they're asking for and you'll you'll create the fans and the blah 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 that you want if you just do that wait josh one second um are you telling me I can't be the gatekeeper of information anymore? No. The what the hell? Already done that. <laughs> you can you can thank you can blame millennials because apparently we're we're the ones who screwed everything up. Yeah, we, we, we ruined the whole world, right? <laughs> Even though we didn't create the internet, guys. We were babies. We actually we actually demand uh, people to tell us the truth. Yeah, <laughs> actually want to hold you know? people accountable for the information <laughs> that we that we're given. Hey, uh, Sean, I'm going to give you a crack at this as well, man. Um, you know, dealerships right now that do have BDCs or don't have BDCs, and um, you know, are are willing to allow the customer to uh, steer the direction of the purchase or the servicing so far, and then the dealership wants to jump in and take over. Do, do you believe the dealerships should? still have some level of responsibility of steering that process or should it just be totally left up to the customer and we're just there to support them well listen the the, the bdc being very much a part of the the middle process um, i i think that um the the sales floor if you will or the sales managers or what have you i think they need to let go of a little bit of control um Things have changed dramatically. Again, I'll go back to it. Digital marketing has changed absolutely everything. I mean, these people, by the time they hit um, the consumers, by the time that they hit the BDC, they've already shopped, what is it, 2.7? I don't know how you have 2.7 dealers. So I'm just going to say three. I hate the two point, the point seven. But I, I think they've already shopped. There, there's already intent. Um, and they just need um, somebody to help them along. So um, I think that... a, a Power should be let go a little bit. I think we need to be, um, I think we need to have a little bit more power as BDCs. Um, obviously, maybe not the whole pie, but just to be included a little bit more in the process because that's what the people want anyway. I mean, look at what happened. Uh, I think that's a perfect point. In fact, you know what, Sean, I know you're holding it back a little bit right now because I can see it in your eyes. Um, yeah. I really, what I think you want to Gotta say is just careful. let me freaking deal with the just whole process myself. Yes. All right. Make sure Sales team, shut coffee. the hell up. I got this. Yes. I got it. Make sure there's fresh coffee, <laughs> bottles of water, make your pen honey. I'll do everything from start to finish. Why? Because, but why shouldn't you? I, I think you totally should. So, uh, let, let, okay, let's. It's not the direction I thought we we're going, but let's go this direction. Hypothetically, all right. Look, um, there are a lot of dealerships out there. Well, let's talk reality first, and then we'll talk hypothetical. All right. The reality is, is that there's a lot of dealerships out there that have had to lay off a very large chunk of their staff, uh, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent of their staff. Bottom line is, they're going to have to do a lot with little. You know, I've always thought it was just completely inefficient that the BDC would take it up to this far. Yeah. Then the sales team does this much. And then the service department does that much more, right? Like, why couldn't a BDC literally do everything from initial contact to the purchase of the vehicle and to even being a service advisor and doing this in handling the servicing of the vehicle. I mean, for the most part, we touch, there's touch points for us anyways. Why don't we just do the whole damn thing? 
we should listen um coming up to the service drive i could i could certainly handle something like that but i think we have an opportunity right now for me this is the point you know with the emergence of amazon everybody freaked out right everybody was like oh my god people are going to stay home all the malls are going to close the malls didn't close you know when uber emerged oh my god the taxi industry is going to go down i can still call a taxi right now i think right now we're in an opportunity I wouldn't. what's that Last time I was in a taxi, man. Ooh. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> either. I wouldn't either. But but they're still around. You know what I mean? So I think we're just in an opportunity right now where um, we need to deconstruct what we've been doing for seventy years. It, it's time to evolve. And like you said, Jason, why not let the BDC do it all the way up to? Um, I mean, what do we really need to do? We need. Why don't we see? No, guys, let's see this. Let's play this. Do we need salespeople right now? No. Okay. No. Do we need service advisors right now? I would we have need to. Do- we need a door grader. Right? Like, yeah, I, well, I, I mean, I, those, those, with these, uh, with the those two roles are a pretty large percentage of our payroll dollars at a dealership sales team mm-hmm. and the service advisors. You know, I think we can even take it one more, one more step farther and even get rid of the F and I department, but that's just me. <laughs> well, listen with the emerge, I don't know what it's like in your area, Josh, but um, you know, I, I won't name them, but there's a, there's a couple of uh, website providers that they're heavily investing into e-commerce. Um, there's one that, that was kind of, um, testing out stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. We still have a ways to go about buying the entire, um, experience online, but I thought it was very cool. F and I products online, everything was done online. So, um, I, I thought it was pretty cool. That's the direction we're going in anyway. It's inevitable. That's yeah. I mean, we even here have, we have a virtual F and I, so we have somebody who's, sitting in a desk, probably just kind of like the, uh, the mullet of, of wardrobe, like everybody now, they like, like a nice tuxedo shirt, no pants is pretty much what they're doing right now because that's where we can't see them, but they're, they're, they have the ability to do a deal virtually, um, without having that face to face and still have the face face because we're still communicating over a camera, but that, that has the ability to do an F and I deal without an F&I person, which is a huge expense um, in, a, in a department, in, in a whole dealership. Well, and, and, and a messed up experience. I mean, let's think about that for a real quick, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I build this rapport with this uh, BDC agent that uh, really convinced me that this is the right dealership yeah, to come in and, and visit. And then we hand them off. Then we hand it off to a salesperson who probably half-assed, right, builds an additional connection to that. And then, okay, fine, we build a little bit of connection. We get you excited again about the car. And boom, we're going to stick you in this fucking thing called a box. What the fuck we call it a box for? All right? Then we're going to stick you in a box. We're going to make you connect again with a third person. Like, shit, it's a little crazy. And when you think about it, when you break it down like that. Yeah, and I think you're. if you look at some of the dealerships now that are really looking at getting rid of F&I, um, where it's only one manager handling the entire deal. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, it's definitely when you look in the next couple of years, it's a way that we're going to go through business, um, is to stop the breaking points. Cause right now we just have too many breaking points in the process. Yeah, and so we have to streamline how we do business and to make it easier for the customer. 
you know, the customers have always said it takes three to four hours to buy a car and it should only take an hour. And I get there's some issues that they cause as the consumer, but there's also a lot of issues that we cause as, as mm-hmm. dealerships. And so we have to streamline where the breakdown is. And the biggest problem why a lot of dealerships won't do it is because the stupid ass uh, excuse of we've always done it this way. And until we get out of that, <laughs> that mindset, <laughs> until we get out of that mindset, like, I don't care how you used to do it. This is, let's, this is a way we need to go. Correct. Because yeah. the reason why they always go back to that little comfort zone is because it's comfort. And it, when you have change, it's, it's kind of, it's unsettling. And unfortunately we've been forced to change the way we do business through government shutdown and mandates and everything in the local and, and in the federal, everything. And so now we're like, holy shit, what do we do? And we don't have a, a way to go. And it's forcing us to be more creative and go, okay, we can actually do business like this. And then when we realize that, shit, it wasn't that hard. Now the new norm will set in once we come out. When we come out, which we will, but it's going to be a little different. Dealerships are going to be able to go back to the way things used to be. And we have to force continual change to not put us in the same predicament again. Um, and not to be forced on always having showroom traffic. Like yeah. you have a website that gets tens of thousands of yeah. people in your showroom yeah. and, and you've not created this easy transactional way of them doing business. Well, that's the first stop. And so if you don't have an inviting place on your, your platform that you, they first see you at, well, you've already lost the game. Like all you're getting is just runoff of what everybody else is getting. Like if, if dealer a pisses them off, then you might get a a way to go when it's C, D, E, and F. But if you actually put yourself as a, and actually put together something that's worth it to the customer, then you're going to, you're going to win. And you're going to be like the guy who's like, where, what are they doing there? That is so damn great. That's who you're going to, who you're going to become when we come out of this. But if you don't, then you're just going to be the DCNF dealer that just gets the runoff. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to, to add to what Josh was saying, one of the most important things and why um, I don't want to be too cynical, but let's just be real. I think one of the most important things um, in our line of work, uh, Josh nailed it before was um, um, your response uh, your response time, which I really, really pride myself on. Um, so um, anything under 15 minutes, 10 minutes, if that's even available, that's fantastic. Um, aside from the response time, I think the, the second most critical, among other components, but the second most critical thing is your contact ratio. I have the customer on the phone. Why am I going to hand them off to somebody else? You know, like we have them on the phone right now. So, um, you know, why? Okay, well, hey, listen, you know, I'll get you the pricing. We'll get you a quote. Let me just get someone to call you back. We have them on the phone right now. Speaking of that, guys, um, contact ratio with internet leads, I imagine, have to be through the roof right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. right now, yeah. I mean, mean, people are answering their phones. (laughs) Yeah. Like my they're responding ratio, back to emails. Yeah, yeah. R- roughly, I don't know about you, Josh, but my contact ratio is always in the areas consistently, always in the areas about between thirty to thirty-five percent. Oh yeah, I mean we're definitely seeing it go through the roof right now because mm-hmm. 
you know, texting has always been a platform that I've always kind of, you know, I text customers galore because I feel that 90, you know, 99% of them are going to get read versus email where it's, you get lost in never, never land. And so yeah. we've, we've had ability to have meaningful conversations with customers. Mm -hmm. Um, even some of those that are, you know, and I've told my team to kind of back off a little bit, not to be too hardcore on some of those 90 day old leads. Yeah. But now those guys are coming back because they're all at home. Now we have the ability to strike that conversation and maybe get them back into that shopping mode and understanding where they're at. And so, you know, just because it's not a fresh lead doesn't mean that you need to let it go off the back burner because yeah. those people are, are, shopping still they may have put it off a little bit longer but now you have the ability to make a connection with them that you can start to develop that relationship now yeah, i love the fact that you said meaningful conversation absolutely like meaningful you know yeah. um i Relevant. think there's a lot of people out there listening and watching right now and um I think there's a percentage of them that understand what a meaningful conversation is. And then I think there's a much larger percentage of them that have no freaking clue what a meaningful conversation is. Um, can you guys kind of highlight that a little bit for yourselves? Is, is like, what does it mean for a BDC to have a meaningful conversation with a prospect? Sean, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it's so funny. I, on my daily trainings with my agents, this is a topic that I preach and I cannot stress to any upcoming BDC manager um, to really um, put a big emphasis on your training, not just so much what scripting, but relevant contact. That's what I call it. So essentially, when you're qualifying somebody, if you cannot get the appointment, because this is a feel out process, the first 20, 30 seconds that you're talking on the phone, you could kind of see where they're at in their shopping process. If you feel um, when you ask for the appointment that you cannot get the appointment, you absolutely need to shift uh, your focus into what I call, it's an informative conversation, right? They're not ready to pull the switch. So what is it that's holding them back? And you have to end the conversation with that. But you also have to set up your next call. That's what I keep telling um, a lot of in, in my training. Never call Jason and say, hey, Jason, I'm just calling to see where you're at. So um, have you, you know, like, what did I leave you with last time? Because what I left you with last time is what I'm going to start my next conversation with. Jason, hi, I'm calling to touch base with you. Did you have a chance to look at the information that I sent you? And do you have any questions? No, as opposed to see, well, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. And uh, if you've made a decision, well, made a decision based on what? You haven't sent me anything. So yeah, the relevance is, is the most important thing. Because then I'm going to call you and say what? just checking in no i'm not just checking in right there's there's, there's accountability going on here so um yeah no relevance is relevant conversation yeah yeah so I, I think gotta be relevance changes with the person we're talking to um mm -hmm. you know what's relevant to someone who owns a lease someone who's asking everybody to use car so 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 what's relevant to them changes now what's relevant to a buyer right now i think is a whole lot different than what was relevant to a buyer 60 days ago all right josh i'm gonna lead you on this one all right what relevant 
content or information should we be giving prospects that would make sense for the given time that we're in right now or this new norm? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot to do with what, you know, with Chevrolet here and golly, every OEM under the sun is putting out zero for 84, no payments for six months. And so that's something that a consumer that might be putting it off for three months to see what the hell is going to happen could change something. So understanding that that there's a lot of great uh, programs out there that that our OEM is actually providing us to provide our consumers uh, is something that's relevant for that consumer to not have to make a payment for you know six months to um, be able to afford something because now we're going freaking 84 months which is an eternity and I hate but it's out there for consumers right now and so being able to to give that update of what is out there um, that's incentivized by by the OEM is critical for for new cars if it's a used car you just have to understand that you know think outside the box we already typically go 45 days without a payment go 90 days it doesn't cost you very much money as a dealer so being able to say hey we're going to make sure you have no 90, you have no payments for 90 days or six months or whatever the case may be. So you have a little bit of um, an understanding. It helps them push forward a little quicker versus I have to make a payment in 45 days. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking about like when um, during the recession, all right, I was in the States and um, th- there's a lot of new questions that didn't exist prior to the recession. Right. So, you know, one of the first leading questions I would get, well, what happens if I buy the car and I lose my job in six months or three months? You know, what happens? Right. Again, I think that's something that that, that they're curious about. Um, Another one is how do I buy or how do I service a car right now, given what my state or federal government has says about, you know, social distancing, or in your case, Sean, you're just freaking closed. So it doesn't really matter yeah. much of anything, but, <laughs> but you guys are gonna come back. And it's like, what does, if, if I have to service my car or I have to buy a new car, it's like, what does that look like? I mean, that seems to be what that relevant information is. And I mean, I'm thinking my, my marketing brain kicks in, right? So that I would almost push people to communicate, you know, the how before I kind of introduce them to that, that what, which is those incentives. And Josh, I'm with you, man. Like six months deferred payments. Shit. I've been in the business for a long time. I have never seen no. this. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Hey guys, I know we're getting towards the uh, end of our time right now, and I wanted to take a moment just thank you guys for uh, jamming with me today. I think we just we could easily go another hour here. <laughs> Very easy, <laughs> but I, I do want to give both you guys an opportunity to kind of kind of put in your final thoughts before before we finish it off here. Um, Sean, I'll go ahead and start with you. Your uh, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Or final, final scotch. I mean, final I, scotch, I'm, I can do a final I'm scotch. buying the round. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, right now what we're seeing is a complete shift. The landscape, or I should even say the tectonic plates in my, uh, <laughs> in my world has completely shifted. Um, what we're going to see when we get out of this, um, hopefully what, what I would like to see is a little bit more responsibility given to the BDC. Um, we're going to have to really take a look at um, 
like what you were what we were talking about before relevance um, do we increase uh, operating hours do we do more pickup and deliveries for service um, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to have to look at uh, one thing's for sure though um, the hiring process is going to change as well i mean we could deep dive way into the hiring process but fundamentally at the end of the day leadership what is leadership going to look like what is leadership going to put in place and are we finally going to get a seat at the table as bdc managers that's that's what i have to say well said i'm with you on that josh you're up final thoughts you know i think it's like he said you're going to have your leaders come out of this and you're going to find them who actually is just a manager um, and so if you want to be a leader in your, in this industry, if you want to be a leader inside your dealership, like the time is now to put your head down because you know, the ship is taking water. So grab a bucket. Like if you want to be the guy who is looked at in your, in your dealership as the guy or gal that really helped push your dealership forward, grab a bucket, don't jump ship, grab a bucket and get it out of there. So you know, I think it's, it's, we are in uncharted territory, but we have to start thinking about what six months looks like. And we really need to put forth some plans because when we get out of this, which we will, um, we're not trying to like put duct tape on everything. We're actually ready to go and not, not trying to put a marketing plan together. That isn't what we actually need to get done. Like, put together a plan that in two months and three months and four months and six months that you can put together now that when this comes back around, you're ready to go and you're not scrambling around like you don't know what to do. So put a plan together. No, Josh, I'm with you on that. Um, I think being reactive rather being proactive is, uh, is, is difficult for some of us dealers, <laughs> but um, it is absolute mandate for, yeah. you know, what the new norm requires. You know, um, my final thoughts, I'm going to kind of leave you guys with this is, you know, do you need a sales team? Do you need a service advisor? Do you really need an F&I manager? The, the, the old process of having to connect with three to four people before making a purchase I think fundamentally is going to change or the consumer is going to demand that that change um, just so that they feel more comfortable and transparent about the purchase moving forward. Hey guys, um, for everyone out there who's watching, listening right now, and would love to connect with you both and learn a little bit more about what you guys do, um, what is the best way to do so? Sean, I'll start off with you. Yeah, well, for me right now, the easiest way would be through LinkedIn. I get a lot, a lot, a lot of messages from uh, BDC managers and uh, service managers and what have you um, across North America, even as far as Poland. Actually, that was pretty cool. So uh, the best place right now would really be just to DM me on, on LinkedIn. Um, I guess you're going to put up our name somewhere, so they'll see that. And um, I'm, I'm completely connected all the time, so I get back to everyone. Thanks, Sean. Josh? Obviously, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, maybe Twitter still, possibly. <laughs> um, and also, if you want to find some information about me, uh, BDC Raw event, you can see the little thing back there uh, is the event that I'm throwing on in September, as long as we're, everything's all, all good with everybody traveling. Um, you can find out some more information about me there and find all the information for that, that event also. 
Awesome. Hey again, guys. Thanks for jamming with me today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, you guys Jay. have a I good day. It. You too.